Hello, and welcome to the All Saints Podcast. I'm Hugh Cole. This week, Father B.J. Burker with a sermon for Sunday, December 12th, 2021. The crowds asked him, What then shall we do? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You brood of vipers. I've always wanted to say that from the pulpit. <laughs> just so happens I get to do that today. Do you guys find it odd, or is it just me, the conglomeration of readings and things for today? We have Corinne beautifully reading, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. We light the joy candle. It's Gaudete Sunday. And then we read, You brood of vipers. And then even that text ends with it saying that John the Baptist continued to proclaim the good news to the people. What good news? Brood of vipers, axe resting against the tree, chaff about to be burnt up? How in the world is this good news? Where is the joy in all of this? I think it's there, and I think we can make sense of it all, but it doesn't necessarily come through immediately, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. But John the Baptist, he's known for being obviously a Baptist, as baptizing people, And he's baptizing people with a baptism of water, or also repentance, which is what nobody said. (laughs) But that's all right. No, no, no. Somebody, I'm sure, said it. No, it's a baptism of repentance. Repent. Probably not a word we tend to like too terribly much. We don't like to use it because it feels judgy. It feels preachy. Well, I'm a preacher, so deal with it. (laughs) And I want you to know that repentance, honestly, is a good, good thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It is good news, and it does bring joy. But it's going to take us a little bit to get here. But I want to talk to you this morning about repentance. First, the need for repentance. Second, the work of repentance. And then finally, the goal of repentance. So the need, the work, and the goal of repentance. So first, our need for repentance. When you hear John call the people a brood of vipers, how many of you hear this as an insult? The rest of you are liars. (laughs) I don't think this is an insult. This is what we tend to think of, and if I was to stand up here and seriously point my finger and say, you brood of vipers, most of you would probably renege on your uh, pledge card and not come back next week. But I don't think John's insulting the people, and one of the things I think that shows that is that the people are coming to John. When I was at NC State, there was a man who would stand out with a big banner that would say, turn or burn, and he'd point at all the people and say why they were going to go to hell because of the clothes they wore, the music they listened to, and things like that. He was not very popular. But these people are going to John. They're leaving their comfortable lives wherever they are, and they're going into the wilderness to find this crazy man who eats bugs and wild honey and all of that. And then he calls them a brood of vipers, and they say, oh, okay, so so now what do we do? They don't leave, they're not hurt, they're not offended, they stick around. Why? Why are these people coming to John? Well, Father Chris Rodriguez, who's the rector of my sending parish down in Vero Beach, Florida, He said they're coming to John because they have a problem that they can't solve. 
Something is wrong in their lives, and they can't fix it, but they think John can. And so they come out, and they want to know what he has to say. They're not coming to him for insults. They're coming to him for a diagnosis. It's a lot like when we go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you have high cholesterol, or God forbid, you have cancer or heart disease. The doctor is obviously not insulting you. He or she is telling you the truth. We may not like it, but we need to hear the diagnosis so that we can be made well. And so what's the diagnosis John is throwing on these people? We've mentioned it several times, that they're a brood of vipers. They're children of snakes. That may seem harsh, but ever since the serpent deceived Adam and Eve, haven't we all, at least in some sense, been a children of a serpent? That's been our nature since then. We're a sick and broken people, aren't we? We're messed up. Don't we all know that something is wrong in our own hearts? You don't need me to tell you that. You know this. You know that we struggle with contentment or lust or losing our temper or mistreating other people and so on and so on. We are not perfect people. As our colic this morning says, we are sorely hindered by our sins. Sorely hindered by our sins. All of us. It's like a disease sin is. And like all diseases, if it's not treated, it leads to death. And so we may not like to admit this, but we know it. We know we're broken. We know we're sick. We know we're sinful. And so we need repentance because we are sick. We are broken. We are sinful. That's our need for repentance. But just knowing our need isn't enough. We need to do the work of repentance. The work of repentance. One of my favorite stand-up comedians is a man named John Pennett. Anybody know him? Father Ed did. <laughs> um, and it might come as no surprise, John Pennett loves Italian food, so they've got connections there, of course. Um, but John Panette, he's a big guy. He's not known for his slim figure, and most of his jokes have to do with how big he is and about food. Well, he said he was having stomach problems, so he goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, well, John, do you eat a lot of gluten? And John says, I don't know what gluten is, but yes. So the doctor, of course, says, well, you need to stop eating gluten. You need to stop eating the breads and the pastas and all of these things. You need to make a change in your life, and you'll feel better. Well, given John Panette's love of pasta and bread and all of this, he didn't do that, and he never got better. But it's that change. It's that change that John the Baptist is telling the people that they need to do, and hopefully they'll do a better job than John Panette. This is his prescription. He's given the diagnosis. Now his prescription is, you need to change. He says you need to give to the poor, to tax people fairly, to not rip people off and take advantage of them. <coughs> Instead of living in greed and selfishness and justice and oppression, you need to live lives of compassion, generosity, justice, fairness, and contentment to make a complete 180 from the way that you're living. And this would affect every single aspect of their lives, not just one thing. 
This would affect how they interact with other people, how they view their jobs and their paychecks, their neighbors, and even the food they'd buy, the clothes they'd wear, and how they would spend their free time. All of these things would affect it. And the same is true for us, because John's prescription for us is the same. We need to change. Now, how we need to change is probably different than it would be for the tax collectors and soldiers and the people at that time. And his prescription for me would be different than for you. My sins are different than yours, but we all struggle nonetheless. But whatever that prescription is, true repentance will affect our entire lives. How we treat our family, how we do our job, how we manage our money, how we talk to and about other people, how we pray and worship, how we spend our free time, and everything else. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds really hard. Really, really hard. And it is. But let me give you some tips on this as to what this might look like. I think the first thing and kind of the key thing is to ask exactly what the crowds did. And I would say this is the key question for all of Advent. What should we do? What should we do? And I want to give you just four quick things on this, and I do mean quick. One, ask God to search your heart, to examine your soul, and to run a diagnostic test on you. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any hurtful way in me. So often, we don't see the symptoms of our disease. So we don't know where to look. But God as the great physician knows every molecule of our bodies and knows where our heart has gone wrong and what we are doing. So ask him to run that test. Second, ask him how you need to change. What is the specific prescription for you in your circumstances and the ways you need to change? The people who might need to hold you accountable, the habits you need to drop, the thought processes and philosophies you might need to change or alter, what is the hard work he's calling you specifically to do in your lives? And then third, depend on the Holy Spirit to do this good work. You try this on your own, you will fail every single time. But fortunately, as it says in the Collect, God sends bountiful grace and mercy to help us and to deliver us. Bountiful grace and mercy. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us, to work with us, to show us what to do, and to empower us to do it. Our God is willing and able to come to your aid to help you do this good work. You don't have to do it alone because you're not alone. So first, ask God to search your heart. Second, ask God how you need to change. Third, depend on the Holy Spirit. And fourth, rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Do it again and again and again. Every morning. Repentance is not a one-time thing. It becomes a new way of life. Because no matter how holy we've gotten, no matter how much we've grown in Christ, there is always work to be done. Father Ed used to tell me that every morning he would wake up and pray the same prayer. Lord Jesus, help me die to myself again today. Every day. This is an ongoing thing. 
It's difficult, but it leads to a brand new life and a beautiful new life. John Panette may not have done the best with changing his life with, uh, 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 with regard to gluten, but I have friends who did. I have really good friends. They have a daughter who's incredibly allergic to gluten. In fact, she couldn't take the communion wafers here that are gluten-free because they've touched the ones that aren't. It would be too much for her and would mess up her system. So what did they do? They cleaned up their entire house. There is not a spot of gluten anywhere in that building. They've all changed their eating habits because of her. When they go out to eat, they make sure it's gluten-free and the tables are clean and all of this. And as a result, she feels a lot better. And the whole family is healthier as a result of this. It's a life change that has made things better for the entire family. And that brings us to my third point, the goal of repentance. If repentance is so hard, requires so much work, and is this difficult, why bother? And it's because it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. If sin is a disease that leads to death, then having the healing touch of God change us will lead us to life, to eternal life. Why? Because it leads us to that man right there. It leads us to Jesus. John the Baptist didn't call the people a brood of vipers and then just leave. No, he pointed them to somebody far greater than himself. He says, you need a doctor? I know a guy. You need somebody? Hey, let me introduce you to my cousin. He says, I baptize with water. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire that purifies and cleanses, that makes gold and silver shine with no impurities. And the Holy Spirit that empowers and transforms from inside out so that we become no longer a brood of vipers, but beloved children of God. That's beautiful. That's good news. And that brings great joy. Later in Luke, Jesus will say, doctors are for sick people. And I came to save sinners, not the righteous. That's good news. That's great for me. I'm a sinner. Jesus came to save me. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess most of you are sinners too. That's good news. Jesus came to save most of you. All of you. <laughs> right? Praise the Lord for this. He came for you, not for perfect people, because there aren't any. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to guide us, to constantly purify us, and to transform us and empower to do this hard work of repentance that leads to eternal life. We might be sick and sorely hindered by our sins, but we are loved by the one who with bountiful grace and mercy can and will heal us and change us from the inside out. I told you John the Baptist brings good news and joy, didn't I? This is good news and joy. Yes, he reminds us that we are sick and we need help, but he also reminds us that we have that help. Jesus came for sick people like us. So let's do the hard work of repentance every day by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because although while we may be or have been a brood of vipers, Jesus died and rose again to save and transform this brood of vipers into beloved children of God. And if that doesn't make you sing for joy, 
I don't know what will. Amen? Amen. Thank you again for listening to the All Saints Podcast. To download future episodes automatically, you can subscribe and have the episodes delivered to you each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. And if you've liked the podcast so far, we would really appreciate it if you took a few minutes to give us a rating. As always, please be well, stay safe, and God bless.